Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 62. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365. And if you want to uh, download the feed, you can go to callthatgirl.podbean.com, also youtube.com slash callthatgirl. And remember that I have all my past shows on the Office 365 link on my website, so that's only going to have the current show, and you can go to the past archives to go see all the other shows. Um, That's where all my new notes will be and everything else. So this week, you guys, I have on my show uh, Microsoft MVP, Robert Crane from Australia, and I came, uh, I found him through Carl, Carl Palachek, who was on my show a couple shows ago, and he said, you need to connect with this guy, he's a SharePoint whiz, and so I was like, cool. Well, then through talking to Robert over email, turns out that he knows Paul Cunningham, who I had on a few shows before, so I think we're in some good company here. Uh, Robert owns CIA Ops, is that correct, Robert? That's correct. Awesome. And when I went to his website, man, I got to tell you guys that this guy is a content god. He has everything out there and it's just awesome to just, I mean, it's tons of information. So make sure you check out his website. I'll put the link in there, CIA Ops. And welcome, Robert, to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good to be on. Yeah, you have a podcast too, right? That's right. Yes, I started what I call the Need to Know podcast many moons ago. It has been a bit uh, patchy over the years, but now I've got myself a co-host to um, obviously break things up. So we're doing things on a regular cadence. And thanks to the world of Office 365 and Azure stuff is coming out basically every week. So we've always got something to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. I think that you guys down there um, have a lot more. I I guess, did you guys finally get your own little, um, I, I know Canada finally got their own servers. Yeah, we've had, we've actually were one of the first countries outside the US to actually have servers, um, besides places like Hong Kong and Singapore. So yes, we're one of the few countries initially that had uh, two redundant servers. So yeah, we've had them probably now for going on 12 months. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I just caught a thing on LinkedIn about the Canadian servers and they're all excited up there. <laughs> yeah, the, the concept of data sovereignty is a bit of an anathema these days. It really doesn't apply for a lot of people, but I certainly understand why people want it. And obviously, the main thing I think is latency. The closer your data centers, obviously, the, the quicker you get to your data. Exactly. So, uh, so why don't you tell us about your like uh, what you do for your work? And I know you do all the extra stuff, but tell us like what's your day job like? So basically, I started off as uh, obviously worked for a business, then thought I could do a better job, went to work for myself, grew my business to have uh, employees, then uh, basically got on a business partner that was focused on MSP style stuff. And then I got sort of hint that the cloud was going to be big. So I decided that I wanted to go off and explore that more on the consulting side rather than the break fix side. Uh, That was about eight, nine years ago now. So then my whole concept was what I wanted to do was basically just SharePoint. All I wanted to do was SharePoint. So Office 365 was the way to do that without worrying about infrastructure. Uh, But it turned out that not many resellers did BPOS back in the day. Uh, So then I basically broadened my scope. So today, the majority of my focus is what I call productivity. So typically around SharePoint, but also things like Yammer, um, Delve, um, all those sort of products, OneNote on the desktop, bringing those together to help people 
to make more use of the you know the the applications that are there i certainly still do email but we're finding a shift away from traditional email into these more collaborative tools and i provide you know consulting services and training to resellers and customers around those products nice do you do you mostly uh, um just help folks in australia or do you do worldwide no, I do worldwide, obviously, thanks to the wonders of Skype and you know, the VoIP that we've got, I'm able to help a lot of people. Uh, the good thing about that is that obviously the, the platforms are now very much standard, which means that an E3 license here is the same as E3 license over there generally. So again, it makes it a nice platform to be able to sell services and provide you know, um, abilities anywhere in the world. Yeah, that is nice. So do you do marketing for your company or is it all word of mouth now? Well, again, the, the the centerpiece of my marketing is around the blog. So the idea was is that obviously you write the content, uh, you write good content, people come and basically consume your blog. The blog for me started out as basically my own knowledge base. So I put it on there mm -hmm. so that I would firstly remember it and then secondly, I could search it. And then obviously that would then provide benefit to others as well. Uh, and that was the thinking behind it. So I've grown that to be the center sort of the marketing universe. And it also, I look at it as a bit of a, a living CV. You can sort of mm -hmm. point, say, look, you know, we've gone through this. And the second thing I find also is when people come to me, a lot of them ask very basic questions. And rather than having to spend lots and lots of time and look up things, I can just refer them to a blog post, which may be, you know, five or six pages, have all the links, have all the pictures. And it just makes it a lot easier for them to get started. Yeah, that's actually how I started becoming an expert too. Accidentally, I started using the word expert in my blogs and Google started uh, picking that up and people started, um, like they would search an error and I would be blogging about it. So that's how mine all started too. That's good. I mean, yeah, you're own publicity agent. You can say what you want and people believe it. That's the great thing about the internet. You know, everything's the, everything's the absolute truth on the internet, we know. So um, thanks, for, thank, thanks, thank God for that. But I think the big thing is, is the self-publishing platform is really what's transformed it and allowed the little guy um, who is a specialist who really has deep knowledge of a product or a service or whatever can really get out there. And then once they develop a bit of a following, uh, that can then grow from there. So that would not be possible without, you know, the wonders of the internet today. Yeah, I found that too, because when I started doing the blogging and then I started finding other things to use the word expert for, you know, I, it just kind of started growing from there. And now I, like you said, you got out of having the big business, so did I. I just found being a consultant was so much just better for me right now in my life. Well, I one of the things I find is a lot of resellers have traditionally come from a, you know, they've branched out from a business that they work for. They've done very well. They've helped people, but now they're at this point in their career and they really don't know what they want. Do they want to be big? Do they want to be small? Do they want to retire? You know, do they want to focus? Do they want to write code? Um, the longer they put that decision off, the tougher it becomes because in today's market, a generalist simply isn't going to survive. You really need to be a specialist, in my opinion. Yeah, a lot of the audience or the listeners on my show, the the, the most of them that from what I get from feedback is they're break fix technicians that have interest in Office 365, and a lot of them are MSP already. So I think that uh, some of the problems I was telling you about that we have in our world is the SharePoint struggles, <laughs> and. <laughs> Well, I think there's a couple of, you know, the answer to that is SharePoint's been around since the year 2000. It's it's yeah. not a new product, okay? Yeah. It's been part of SBS since, you know, 2003. So it has been in there. The reality is, is that most resellers, especially small resellers, have ignored it um, because they've looked at the file system as the typical way to do it. Now, that's fine until, again, the world changes and SharePoint becomes the de facto 
location, like an Office 365 where we put files. I think also too that the reality is, is that I certainly agree that any new technology in SharePoint is not a technical challenge, it's a business challenge. Mm. You know, how do you actually use this tool? How do I get benefit from it? And I think that the unfortunate thing from Microsoft was that they had SharePoint obviously since day dot, they used it since day dot, they understood it, they knew it. So when they tried to translate that to resellers, they couldn't understand why resellers wouldn't make that leap. They, so there was a, a gap in training. So again, part of it is, is again, the same sort of thing applies, I think with PowerShell as well. It's like, you know what, you're just gonna have to bite the bullet and you're gonna have to get into a bit of training and get your hands dirty and then you'll learn it. But the key message I give people with SharePoint is, is that it's all about search. Everything you put into SharePoint is searchable. And that's a big business business benefit for any organization. Be able to put a document in there, six months later, do a search, and out pops the document. Gotcha. And I didn't even know that. Yeah, and I think, and that's what we're seeing with the Microsoft stuff. You know, the ability to put it all in one location, Office 365 is giving us that ability to really move that information around and access it from multiple services, which we could never do before. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you that I used to do a SharePoint administration at a job I had in 2006, and it was a SharePoint 2003, and I loved it. I became an administrator. I got to know the front end of it. I was more help desk. And then years later, when uh, I started getting involved with the Office 365, I found it to be 100% different. And honestly, my clients, the, the, what the clients want is to be able to go into Outlook, attach an email, and send it off. And SharePoint with the map drive problem, I just, I tried mapping drives. It wouldn't stay. It kept breaking. And then um, now I found a new product that, have you heard of the Harman.ie product? Harman.ie, correct. Yeah. So uh, I found that little nugget. And I'm in testing mode with that right now. And that seems to be really nice. So do you sell that too? No, basically, I mean, I certainly provide that people who want to do that. My mm. mantra is, is that, you know what, it's time to make a change. It's time to get away from using emails. It's time to collaborate. If you're just using emails and, and, and uh, you know, map drives, you're using the old way of working with technology, which is, which is storage. Yeah. The new way is when we collaborate, we need a calendar, contact, we need lists, we need discussions, we need all of this in one place. And that's what SharePoint does. Now, again, for people who are used to working the old way, look, again, there certainly is a learning curve. However, the reality is, is let's have a look at the millennials, the people who are coming into the workforce. How do they work today? They yeah. don't have an email address. They don't send emails. They don't basically um, answer phones. They do everything through social media and through chat. So that's the sort of world that we're moving towards. And I think that's what we need to encourage. And then I find that when you do give people that initial training, get them over the hill and they start using those products, they get it and they run with it. But certainly that initial training is the absolute key to success when it comes to collaboration. Yeah. I have to agree. Those millennials don't really know anything about email. <laughs> I've had well, some challenges with them. Yeah, and I think, again, we also, I also see that also with drive letters and files and folders. You know, their expectation is I just throw the data wherever it is and I do a search and out of pops. That's how they use the internet. I, I don't know how the internet's arranged. I just know that when I do a search, um, something will pop out for me. And again, yeah. that's really the way that we are moving. Yeah. Well, so back to what I was saying with the clients that, uh, you know, they buy the full Office 365 and a lot of them don't even know SharePoint's there. They want to get onto OneDrive. I'm like, don't do that. 
Well, I think, again, unfortunately, again, Microsoft's messaging around the product has been confused. Yeah. And now that they've tried to create a, a consumer version of the product that they can then, you know, get people on for free and then scale them up, that has created a lot of confusion. Um, but again, part of this also falls back on the reseller. You know, the reseller is the person whose job yeah. it is explain it to work it out and if they don't understand it they need to invest the time and learn the product and that's what I see not happening so a lot of my time is spent with resellers explaining them the product so that they can then go explain it to customers and it's like mm, wouldn't it be easy just for me to explain it directly to your customer so that is the challenge yeah and I can see those guys doing that or not those guys that the companies are like oh let's just pass it over because it is a hurdle to learn new stuff I mean, I remember the first time I did a Microsoft Exchange migration, it took me months to figure it out, but I kept going because I knew that was what I needed to sell to make more money. And I think SharePoint needs to be the next one. That's true. I think part of it is, is you've got to sell the value, not the price. Yeah. So again, you know, one of the big, the big selling point, you know, when people come to me and ask about SharePoint is I say search. Just put all your stuff in there. I don't care how you put it in there. As soon as you put it in there, you can index it. Right now, we've got a, you know, now we've got the ability to find the documents. How about we use document check-in, check-out? How we use um, automation with workflows? How about we use all these other features? But the secret to it is obviously adoption, and adoption is all about small steps, you know, and accelerating away. So adoption is not a linear arrangement adoption is typically like compound interest there's a lot of investment up front but it hits a tipping point and the payoff is astronomical yeah and i think there's a lot of uh, who my clients are are older than 40 and they don't want to move to that environment i could tell I, no, I saw, but again i have you know i deal with those sort of people as well and you know the high yeah. level ceos those sort of guys but at the end of the day, if you if they can't, if they, you get any pushback from them, what you have what you need to do is sharpen your pencil and say, right, here's the value of SharePoint, and that means you need to know the product. Now, I have no problem showing anybody the value, and I'm pretty confident they will get it straight away. So, what they're saying to you is, when I don't want to move, they're saying, well, what's the value in me moving forward? I don't see any benefits. So, if you can sit down and show them like five or six really important benefits for their business, they'll happily shift across. Yeah. Oh man, I tell you that I've I've been I've been struggling with it myself. The Harmon pro product is helpful for those people that you know uh, that want to kind of merge over, but it's still a hard sell for me at the break fix end. Well, I think that so. again, the Office three sixty five you can attach from OneDrive direct in the web client and uh, on the desktop. The idea with team sites, which is the shared location, is yeah. that you shouldn't be attaching files; you should be sending a link because you don't want to be sending your IP outside the business like traditionally has happened. So the idea is you send a link, which you can do from within SharePoint, rather than the whole document that gives you better control over your information. Yeah, I know. Well, I've kind of got it on my list in 2017 to start engaging in this a little bit more, and I've got a few other things I want to do. Do you, um, so let me, let's talk about it a little bit when you first like found your love for SharePoint and you decided to do switch over. What was, what was it about the product that you really liked more than specializing in any other products? Well, I think the thing was, is there are two aspects, obviously the technical side of it, it solved the technical need at the time. So the way I got into SharePoint was that I had an SBS 2003 server. Um, I put on you know patches and what I do is I would basically copy and paste the information record the point in time I was doing the patch so when I rebooted the server I could then go back and see that if I got issues so I was able to do that on the server with company web 
then when I looked at it from a business point of view, it's like, you know what? There's nobody else doing this product that has all these advantages. And then I started using it. For example, I created a call, a help desk um, in it. I created a call monitoring. I used it to um, monitor my billing so I could make sure I was billing for time on the phone. And it just grew out from there. And again, I think that on the business side, the more that I used, the fewer people that I saw that had access to it in the small business space. So then I wrote a what I call a Windows SharePoint guide, which had the, uh, the infrastructure side as well as the how to use stuff. And then when Office 365 came along, that then gave everybody access to the enterprise version of SharePoint, which basically ramped up the features so dramatically. So now again, there's just almost no problem that can't be solved with something like SharePoint. Yeah. I know, and everything about all that stuff just seems kind of on my end, because I don't sell E3 plans. All I do is just the basic, and then that's just what my clients want. So, plus yeah, I, certainly, I certainly understand that, but again, my focus for resellers is very much, you should be selling yeah. V5 and talking about the value around it, because again, there's so many more features yeah. that you can make money around. I agree with that. So let me ask you this. So let's say um, one of my listeners is like, you know what, I want to call Robert and hire him to train me and my team. That's a perfect client for you, right? Yeah, look, um, generally what I would do is obviously, look, I, I would certainly give them as much free help as I can. I port them to my resources. Um, I have you know free online training. I have a YouTube channel, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. basically say, look, before you spend any money, make sure you go through my free resources and some of the basic online training I've got. But yeah, if you want to do one-to-one, certainly that gives you the advantage of asking specific questions. And part of it for me will be a bit of a pushback and say, okay, you know, you can't tell me you just want training on SharePoint in inverted commas. It's a bit too broad. Give me an outline. Give me some specific outcomes that you want to achieve, and we can certainly do that. And yeah. Yeah, thanks to the wonders of the internet, we can do that anywhere, anytime. Yeah, I think, you know, what uh, some of the, 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 the problems is, is that, like, I might get a call from a client, and they, they want a SharePoint expert. They need help with one thing. It's really hard in the States. And I've only really just looked here. I mean, I haven't, I mean, I just Google like everybody else to find a break fix expert just to help with a small issue. Is that the kind of stuff you do? Yeah, I certainly do that sort of stuff. Um, again, part of it is obviously building that relationship, understanding. Yeah. So I'm not looking for a one-off break fix sort of arrangement, but certainly willing, again, I will certainly help people. I'm on the lists that, you know, help people with those sort of problems. And you can find me sort of all over the place. And again, I'm happy to, to answer it via direct email. Yeah. But again, my advice to you is going to be, is like if someone comes to me, I'm going to say, look, have you looked at my videos? Have you read this blog post? Have you done the free courses that I've got to at least get you to that that sort of basic level. So again, you need to make a decision is like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to skill up or I'm going to outsource it to, to myself. And here's a list of what I want you to achieve. So again, yeah. I'm certainly willing to help anybody and do all that. But again, the whole idea is the mantra is as well. I certainly agree. There's a huge amount of opportunity with this product in this product that you could take advantage of. And I'm willing to obviously give you that leg up to get started. Yeah, I can tell you that my clients are not going to want to do anything except just pay for the help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think that, again, part of it is, is understanding their need. If they just want a solution, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but the mantra, especially with SharePoint, because it's a tool, it's train the trainer. You know, I want to teach you how to fish. So, again, you can solve these problems and not feel so frustrated. Because if you want something fixed, um, you want it fixed immediately. And if you can't fix it immediately, then we, we get frustrated. But if I can at least give you some triage to allow you to give, you know, perhaps solve it yourself, it's going to make everything much easier. Yeah, I'll tell you that I've kind of shied away from a lot of the, the SharePoint calls I get. And I, I've had to struggle finding people. 
And uh, I did find a guy in the States here that I hope is going to be available for that stuff because he doesn't do what you do. Yeah. And I, so different. I, yeah. And I think, again, that's, that's what, again, I've sort of focused on things a little bit differently. And again, look at, and I look at now, not at, not as being SharePoint per se, but again, the conversation I have with people in Office 365 starts with Delve and starts with, you know, Yammer. And so it's a productivity discussion yeah. rather than SharePoint on its own. Um, and that's the way I think you need to look at this sort of thing rather than, I oh, know we just need a SharePoint internet. Well, hang on. Some of these other products like groups and, you know, um, planner, they probably do a lot of what you need. Why don't we look at those first? Yeah. I've been looking at the planner. I added the plugin into outlook and then I found out I couldn't use it yet. <laughs> I paid 12 bucks for it, but I was like, yeah, at least I'm trying, you know, I, I could tell you, I haven't jumped into Yammer or the Delve stuff. Um, I've done some Azure or I think that's how it said. Uh, I'm starting to just creep into more things now because my workload is pretty busy. I just do billable calls all day and then yeah, in my I, free time. Yeah, and I think, look, if you've got a business and it's paying the bills and you're happy you're doing it, that's fantastic. I think the key that I decision I made all that time ago was I can't do everything anymore. I can't do everything in the SBS world. You know what? I have to specialize. And then what I do, for example, is I see a lot of opportunity in CRM and project online but I work with partners who I built a relationship with and I hand the customer off to them. The customer gets a, a good result of the specialist in CRM. The CRM consultant gets a new client and I get some sort of commission or kudos for doing that. So yeah. the secret I think to success going forward is the ability to say no and focus. And I have to agree because that's what I, my decisions have been is I'm going to stay an outlook expert and stay within my own work here. I like to try to keep my knowledge uh, up on what's going on but that's why I'd like for you, I'd like to use you as a resource for certain things, you know, not the a one hour job, but maybe a more larger project because I need to build my resources too, my experts. Sure, look. Yeah, yeah, look, and look, I'm happy to do that and provide mm -hmm. that specialized. And again, I've also got contacts that can do the high level up as well. So the main impo the important thing is, especially when it comes to stuff like Office 365, I'm happy to give, you know, a lot of information away because I want people to understand it and not make mistakes yeah. and, you know, get frustrated, which, which is typically the story with SharePoint because they, you know, weren't showing it or they weren't built correctly. It's like, okay, these are the right, this is the right way to do it. And this, then you'll get the result you want. So again, happy to provide that. Oh, good. Well, then my listeners just be prepared how it works. <laughs> also, a lot of the techs now are working with SharePoint migrations and I've never done a SharePoint migration. So can you just explain, do you do that work? Yeah, it did that work. So there are a number of different levels. So typically most people use SharePoint just as a file repository. Okay. Yep. So they just stick files and that's it. Basically all you need to do there is obviously map two drives. You can use a free product called SP FileZilla, which does like an FTP file transfer. It will transfer basically uh, file for file for file. That's all you need. Um, so there are plenty of tools, free tools that will just basically extract the files from one SharePoint, put them in another SharePoint, no drama. Where you end up getting some complications is obviously if you want to do a whole site, so a calendar, contacts, files, mm -hmm. a whole range of stuff. Now, again, we get into a bit of a challenge when, it, when you're migrating from different versions. So you can, if you're migrating from say 2013 to 2013, you can template it and move it across, right? So you can save it as a template, move it across. But if it's a different version, then you need to obviously make sure that the versions are the same. So yeah. my recommendation for most people is a third-party tool. So there are a number of third-party tools out there that will do that, that will do the migration, the file copy, bring all the components across and also um, convert versions in the middle. So basically the bigger the migration, third-party tools are typically the way to go. For simple 
file migra file only migrations, something like SP FileZilla is more than adequate. Yeah, and why would somebody want to do a migration to? Well, again, a lot of people are moving from on-prem. Um, they're oh, moving yeah. from company web, they're moving from an old SPS and typically they have one or two components. Or for example, what they're doing is they're migrating from file shares into SharePoint. So SP FileZilla can help them move those files very quickly in bulk into document libraries. So again, we're seeing more and more migrations into SharePoint. There's not a lot of SharePoint to SharePoint migrations generally in the SMB, but certainly a lot of file migrations. Gotcha. Very interesting. That is stuff I would for sure not be doing. So Robert, are you um, a reseller with Microsoft or do you use a vendor? No, basically I do direct, but I'm not focused on selling licenses. The way I see it is, is that uh, I walk in and basically ask them if they got Office 365. If they have, then that's what I want. If they want to migrate, typically emails, I would then engage a third party to do that because I haven't got a help desk. I haven't got support tickets. Most of that is where you get problems in migrations around Outlook on the desktop and user, you know, user enablement there. So my thing is typically a consultant once the Office 365 yeah. is up and running, I help them basically work out, okay, this is the right place for information. This is how you use Yammer. This is how we integrate it with SharePoint, with your email. So my role is more, more a consultant than a reseller. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, I end up doing a lot of aftercare migration work. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's, Again, people don't appreciate any migration from on-prem to on-prem. You know, there's that sort of tail end of stuff that needs to be done, which takes a lot of time. And I think in today's world, uh, what we're seeing is a lot of that is being outsourced to larger companies who can obviously get the volume discount. Uh, and again, here in Australia, a lot of MSPs are outsourcing to places like the Philippines and India to actually do that level one really? migration stuff. And again, because it can all be done with tools and automated yeah. processes and checklists, and they're doing it for a couple of bucks an hour rather than $15, $20 an hour. I know it's tempting. And I tell you, I already have a guy that works in the Philippines doing uh, custom Outlook forms for me right now. <laughs> yeah. and I, I think this is where it comes back to that decision is, you know, you should be doing the high end value stuff yeah. and the low end value stuff you can outsource. Again, you certainly have to build a relationship yeah. with the people you outsource to, but there's certainly very good people out there who can yeah. really help build your business. Yeah. Let me just add on that the guy in the Philippines I hired, he is a, an American uh, veteran. So he's like, married to a Filipino girl down there and those guys, they need to work. So if anybody's listening, uh, they're, they're still cheap, like 10 bucks an hour, which is way cheaper, but he's very technical. So I work on, that's one of my side things, Robert, is I do little side things for Outlook and uh, we found a opportunity to make some custom forms for an industry that really wants it. So I'm like, well, let's do it. I, yeah. I'm into that. Yeah, and I think so. I think the way to look at it as a reseller is there are multiple streams of income mm -hmm. that are available to you. So, for example, you know, the knowledge that I have, I put in my blog, I aggregate and tidy up a bit and push out an ebook or do a video or whatever. So, I, I think, again, the whole idea is the specialization gives you that ability to create that content and push it out through so many mediums effectively for free and then build a following of people who are willing to pay money, obviously, to get access to some of that information. So, and again, I think the reality we need to understand is, is that people that do that, um, you know, it might be five bucks here, 10 bucks here, but it, it's not really a lot when you think about it. So a good example is, is that I wrote a, an ebook on uh, getting started with PowerShell in Office 365. And the amount of pushback that I got from people who wouldn't spend the five bucks, and it's like, this is gonna save you hours and hours of time to do it so i think that's where we need to balance up and just re realize that there is a lot of value in, in those sort of that sort of content 
Oh, no kidding. I love those people. They're like $5. I'm like, my God, that's like nothing. Yeah. And I mean, they would probably spend five, $5 on a latte or something at Starbucks. I think, yeah. you know, again, they're probably not the people that you're wanting to attract, but I think that's where you've got to be a bit tough and say, well, you know, I spent all this time writing it and I'm not going to give it to you for free. I'm not going to make it available for free. I need to obviously eat and survive and build the next version and, and scale it up. So again, that's one of the things I've come to learn about my content. I certainly give a lot of it away free, but the stuff that I charge for, I think has, you know, value. And, I, and again, my expectation is, is that I should get, you know, you know, something for that, that uh, input. Yeah, I've you know what I've had a little resistance on is uh, I made the Outlook training videos, and I put a lot of time into the research to make those to make it a value add. And uh, the clients have helped. This is what's funny is I'll say, hey, you know, oh, you should check out my videos because I, I just helped you with three things that were in the videos, right? And they all go, well, do I really need it? I go, I don't know. It's like hundred some topics, nine short videos. I try to do the sell right, and I've learned. That in just the last couple of weeks that it's I don't want to spend a half hour trying to sell someone on a you know a video set it's not worth my time so yeah I <laughs> and again I think you've just got to come up with a process and part of it is is that you know uh, one of the psychological secrets to doing something like that I've found is you basically say okay here's all the great content here's all the value and guess what you can't have it you know, you make them want to have to jump across a number of hoops. If you basically are begging for them to buy it, they're never going to buy it. But if you make it exclusive, then they're going to be running to you with money. So again, <laughs> part of it is the psychological way of approaching it. I know. I, I try to I try to do a lot of little things when I'm remote in someone's computer, and I'm like, well, this is in my video too. And I'm like, this is all I do all day. It's this little fun stuff and make their lives better. But have you ever thought about doing a subscription based Podbean? Because your your podcast is on Podbean. Yeah, I've got a Podbean one. I mean, I see the the podcast as a community service, as a you know a way to obviously grow the brand, but also it's not a huge amount of time for me. It's a matter of just turning on the mic, talking, chatting, uh, that sort of thing. The production again, the the guy that I've got on now, my uh, associate, he does that, and he's happy to do that. Um, and again, we just keep it really simple. I'm not looking to make it really complex. Mm. And that way I can just keep the cost down. I'm happy to obviously do it, you know, for free. And again, the, the content's there for people to look at. So That's yeah, a, there is an option to do that. But I think that in my case, I see that as basically an offering I'm happy to give the community. Yeah, that's that's good. I don't see a lot of subscription-based podcasting anyway, but for specific training, I, I thought about doing it. But then again, you said it's for the community and I do a lot of community-based stuff too. So my advice to you is, is have a look at teachable.com. So teachable.com allows you to create like an online training academy. It has all the tools, oh. upload videos. Um, I use that for my academy. And basically, yeah, I've created a number of lessons there. And then you can it handles the subscriptions, the renewals, one-off purchases, recurring subscriptions, um, all that sort of stuff. It's a fantastic tool. And you can get started for free and then you can scale up. So there's have a look at teachable.com. I'll put that in the show notes too. Very cool. Hi, Robert. Well, I think we kind of went through all my questions. Do you have anything else you want to add here? No, I, th I think, again, I think the main thing is, is that the way that I see going forward is obviously Microsoft's focus is for partners to be involved in upselling um, the components of Office 365. So doing email is simply not enough. You need to do SharePoint, Skype for Business is big, uh, Yammer, um, all those sort of tools is what Microsoft's after. So most clients have Office 365. The opportunity then is to go in and speak to them and then roll out the services. And as Microsoft adds things like bookings and the additional oh, yeah. features, 
is to start making sure you take advantage of that. Because again, one of the things I find, and Power BI is another huge one. Um, and another thing I find is I can walk in or sent into a lot of Office 365 installations and none of the stuff is lit up. And you talk to the customer and the customer goes, wow, well, why are we getting this other person to do it when you seem to know everything? So again, if you've done the hard yards, make sure that you capitalize on that by lighting up everything else or having a process to bring in a trusted partner to help that customer, you know, use everything that's in that suite. Yeah, I think you, you just you just totally like perfectly nailed it is that the techs don't know enough to sell it. And Microsoft is probably getting complaints from people saying, why am I buying all this? And I don't know how to use it. No one will teach me. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's, and again, that's part of it. And then, you know, when you look at, when Microsoft looks at its numbers, um, you know, there's only like four or 5% adoption of yeah. platforms for email. And part of that, again, if they look at the partners, the partners aren't using those products as well. Now they get a free, most partners get a free E3. Um, again, the whole idea is sure, it's not gonna jump out at you. It's not gonna magically appear in your brain with knowledge. You need to invest the time. And again, that's sort of the service I can provide is fast tracking that to people and say, look, yeah. you know, I can give you the important things and you can ask me specific questions rather than you having to loop around through all the Microsoft TechNet articles and that whatnot. So there is a path there, um, but it's certainly a path that people need to start moving down because someone like me, again, someone from anywhere in the world can provide this consulting on this common product for yeah. customers directly. I know. I think that's that's uh, that that's this is exactly what my my folks need to hear because we don't talk about it. We're in some Facebook groups. SharePoint rarely comes up. Yammer never comes up. All the extra stuff never comes up. It's always about Exchange. Yeah, and I, I think again, part of it is is that 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 creates an isolation that reinforcing the old way of doing things. So typically, what you find is is that. One day, an employee or a new management comes in and says, "Right, everything's SharePoint. If you don't know SharePoint, you're at, you know you're sort of out. We want a SharePoint partner." So again, part of it is is to make sure that you do have either access to someone who can talk that language, or you do have some knowledge around it. Because again, the trend, as I mentioned with the millennials, is collaboration, not storage. It's away from emails. It's away from um, you know the silo products into open products like Yammer. So again, one of the examples I use for people, think about your email, 95% or more of the emails in your inbox would have value to somebody else. They don't have to specifically be targeted at you, yeah. okay? And they're not searchable, the information is locked away. But that's where Yammer comes in, for example, is to push the stuff into Yammer so it's searchable and shared with multiple people so that a month later, somebody else can come in and find that and start getting value from it. If it's locked in your inbox, they can't. You know what you're doing is you're going to, you know, the hoarders are going to be very unhappy about this, but very happy. Hoarders like knowing where their stuff is in an outlook. <laughs> I fix a well, lot of that. My definition is there's two sorts of people in this world. There are pilers and there are filers. You're either a piler or you're a filer. <laughs> a filer creates 25 folders and puts the document at the bottom of the folder structure and never finds it again. Where a piler has one directory and piles everything into there and spends all day scrolling up and down looking for that one file. The thing that um, makes sense now is obviously search. Search gives you the ability, but the trend is to be a piler. We don't care where it goes. We let you know the machine learning, the searchability find it for us. We don't have to go into this structure because the structure when I create it in a folder structure makes sense to me, but the person behind me has got no idea and that doesn't make sense to them. So again, piling, unfortunately, for those people who are filers is the way the world's going. Yeah, you got. I had a client with 24,000 folders, Robert. 
Oh, yeah, I've seen public folders that are ginormous and it's like, okay, what's this do? Oh, we don't know. We never use that. Or what's this really? No, 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 we just keep it. And again, part of this is where customers need help is they need help categorizing their data and basically saying, you know what? And someone outside asking hard questions about, well, do we, can we archive this? Can we move it away? Do we need it in this location? And I think that's also where SharePoint has got a bad name. Most resellers do a drag and drop of all the data from a file share into one document library rather than saying, you know what? Now's the time to clean it up. Now's the time to break it up. Now's the time to analyze the data, add value around it before we move it into this new environment. Yeah, and I tell people the same thing. I've moved a lot of people just to the SharePoint plain documents library. Yep. I'm like, now it's time to clean it up. And if you want it, go put it on an external hard drive and put it in the closet. And you know what? They have to take that bandaid off and they hate doing it. But I think it's a relief almost for people to get rid of the data. Like, they're happy. And part of it is you can build a service. So one of the things that I can do is I can run a PowerShell script across all their file server data. It spits out a CSV file, which I import into Power BI. I can then do analysis on the files to see how many JPEGs, how many files Bob's got open. And I can sit down with the client and say, okay, let's just look at this data and do some analysis. And of course, for the first five minutes, the client's not interested in what I'm showing them. They're interested in what's his Power BI stuff? Can I get that? Can we consult on that? You know, where can I buy that? So, okay, that's fine. Just let me book you in for a consultation. Let's go back and look at the data stuff. So again, that's one way that you could learn how to use something like Power BI and again, also sell additional services to customers. So that's a good example. Yeah, you don't know me really well. The, the PowerShell and me, I don't want to learn it at all. <laughs> no, about, yeah, but again, you, you only need two keyboard commands to be a PowerShell expert. You need Control-C and Control-V. That's all you do. That's my favorite. Exactly. You just steal from everybody else, make a slight modification to own it, and then it's yours. <laughs> I actually found a guy that I work with that does any PowerShell stuff I need. Uh, to me, I, it was it's just, I don't, I, I looked at it a few times. I went, no, thanks. It ain't for but me. I think, and then again, part of it is we are moving to a world that's what they call, you know, obviously DevOps, which is a developer and operation. So one of the most important skills generally uh, is um, the ability to write or understand some sort of code. Yeah. Uh, so again, that's another skill that a lot of IT providers need. But on the other side of the coin is is a lot of people should look at that sort of, you know, the, the typical reaction about PowerShell. So you know what? If I'm a business person, here's an opportunity for me to do some PowerShell, build a business around it, sell some scripts and some consulting time. So again, typically when you uh, see that sort of opportunity, um, it's, you know, it's something that you should grab with both hands, I think. Yeah, I try, I try to tell the clients, don't touch the buttons, I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, as long as it works for you, but again, right. if you're looking for resellers to make a transition, mm -hmm into something and get away from screwdrivers and servers and, and you know, dust around a server. Um, again, scripting, automation, because think about it, anything that we can procedurize can be automated and more and more stuff will be automated. Because you look at a SharePoint, no, sorry, I look at an email migration, Skykick, BitTitan, all those guys now yeah. basically provide a fully automated process. So it's like, where's the value? You know, we can script the whole thing. That's the way it's going. Anything you can automate is going to a commodity. Yeah, we use BitTitan, and I haven't used Deployment Pro yet, but I'm um, looking at it. I mean, I do migrations up to, I don't know, I think I did the most 85 mailboxes once. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, the tools are really good, you know, and they handle a lot of stuff. And, and again, it's, it's become a commodity market. That's why I don't 
generally focus on the migrations. I focus on making sure they get an optimal experience and how to use Outlook properly afterwards. But you know that's what's going to happen. And if you're in the space where you're making, you know, trying to make money off migrations, well then, you know, your that the amount you can charge is going down and down and down and down as it's being outsourced, as it's being a commodity. So again, move up the chain, look for something else. Certainly offer that as a service, but yeah. it should be your main source of revenue. My migration prices actually went up, Robert. I charge two fifty a mailbox. If you can provide value and all that sort of stuff, there's no issue with that. But like I said, what we're seeing is is that apart from the emails becoming uh, migrations becoming a commodity, a lot of stuff is migrating out of emails into Yammer, into SharePoint, away from those traditional ways of sharing information. Yeah. Well, not so, not much here yet, but I'm trying. I'm, I'm really trying to find out more things I can do to sell. Because when I sell stuff, it means I can support it. But I, I got to keep it reined in a little. I, but again, I, and that's that's part of the trick is to again, yeah. you need to be across it all. But what you need to say is, this is the part I'm going to do. This is the part I want to that's do. Right. But I need to build up my resources of people that I know who have the expertise that I can outsource comfortably to. And again, you build what they call a virtual organization. So think of it now, mm. um, make, make like a movie. The way it works today is when they run a movie, they get you know, a director, actors, producer, they all come together for that project. And when they're finished, they all go their own ways and go off on other projects. I love it. I need my own VO, my virtual organization. That's right. I'm going to build it. Exactly, well, and they can sense. they can speak all languages and work in all time zones. I know, I love it. I'm actually going to take that's my big takeaway from this is that, and I have been doing that, Robert. I've got uh, an uh, an exchange expert up in Seattle. I've got an official off, excuse me, an official Outlook trainer, and I've got the PowerShell guy. I've got uh, you now and the other SharePoint fella, and I got a handful of other people. Um, there's a a guy I think in Colorado that owns. Uh, Word expert, PowerPoint expert, and access expert. Do you know him? No, I think I've come across him. I don't know him personally. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're out there, and I think that's what you want. Yeah. You want to find the bet, the A, A team, and concentrate on you being an A player. But the big takeaway is you just can't do everything. So, again, find the experts no. you need to fill the gaps, um, build up a relationship with them, and then everything you know will work much better. Yeah, that makes me feel better. So, to the listeners, go ahead. I'll put all the information for Robert in there. He's got all the stuff online. Like I said, content god breeze through all of his stuff if you feel like you want to uh work with them his uh email do you want me to give that out if they yep, ask yep, yeah email's fine yep great i'll just put it all in the notes there too and uh yeah hopefully you know i know there's a lot of people struggling robert so that's why i wanted to get you on and yeah, no, happy, to, word. <laughs> happy to do that. Like I said, I'm happy to connect with people any way they want via email, um, Skype for business, but certainly encourage people to look at the blog. So blog.iaops.com yeah. is the center of all the information. And again, from there, you can scale it up to free resources and there's some paid ones, online courses. And then if you want, contact me direct and we can do some one-on-one stuff. Oh, that's, it's a lot, people. It's a lot. All right, Robert. Well, thank you for coming on the show here. Uh, I think that wraps it all up. So I'll put it. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. See you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, folks. uh, Robert's off the show here, but I totally forgot in the beginning to thank our friends over at AppRiver for being our sponsor of the show. So don't forget, if you're looking for a reseller or to uh, be a partner, I'm the partner with them, uh, to contact my rep, Steve Harris, sharris at appriver.com. He'll set you up with uh, your own sales rep and they'll put you through the whole training and how to use them and such. And uh, yeah, so I want to also thank Mitch for uh, producing the show with me today. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production.
audio supported by Matt Chayman. Thank you to our sponsor, Upriver Podbean, for hosting. If you have a story you want to share, please email me, Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. You can check out my ebooks at callthatgirl.biz slash publications. And my new videos are outlooktraining.biz. And I do have a discount for the show, but you have to go to the notes and get it at office, excuse me, at callthatgirl.biz slash office365. That's it. See you next time. Bye-bye.